1: And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Amy Castles. How are we doing? Today, we're doing an episode basically just chatting with you. We want you to feel like you're in the living room with us or we're out to coffee. That's a and, scary thing. <laughs> and we're just catching up because we've had a lot of really great guests on our show past yeah. couple of weeks. Trey has been absent Absente.
1: Yes. Got a lot going on in the personal side of things.
0: Yeah. So we're going to catch up today. And we have in our next episode a guest coming. So I thought we'd have a good episode today where we catch up. So one we're gonna, of we're the first catch up? ketchup. Ketchup. Well, you know I what? We we're going to do mustard. I like spicy mustard. Speaking of ketchup, oh, our neighbor has gotten us completely <laughs> hooked on ketchup because she is the ultimate person fitness mama. I mean, she is so in shape and so disciplined and regimented with she her-
1: very disciplined.
0: Yes. I mean, you're talking someone who preps religiously every Sunday night and follows a meal plan to a T. Her body is sculpted. She is to the nines always. So she loves mustard and it's excellent on eggs. It's great on potatoes. It's- Hold on, awesome. ketchup
1: got you plugged on her for mustard.
0: Well, you said ketchup, which made me think of mustard because you made a mustard joke. And so I thought of Paige, Paige McGee, and how she uses mustard all the time. And she loves it. And she says it's an excellent, it's you know, there's no calories in it or any hardly any calories. And you can get all different varieties spicy mustard, regular mustard, Dijon, Dijon mustard, right. brown mustard, yellow mustard.
1: Thank you for all of that. Yeah. Mustard. Horseradish Horse mustard.
0: That's my favorite. Horseradish mustard, bomb. That's the best. <laughs> that
1: All is right. really
0: good. So we're gonna talk today about some of the things that are happening in our lives right now. Lots of changes since we've had any sort of update. Trey, why don't you talk first about your candida cleanse that you've been doing? It
1: sucks. <laughs> well <laughs> I mean, obviously. I mean, there's not much else to say. Well, first
0: off, <laughs> What is it and why are you doing it and how's it going? How it started and how it's going. It
1: started with the pulse test that you had, that we chose to do on the show to kind of see where I was at in my heart, how it was working and all the good stuff, which led to what, gluten-free. And then I started working with Dr. Hogan over at LV Wellness and we did hormones test and got all my, all that stuff regulated. We did nutrient tests and got all my supplements and vitamins regulated. We did allergy tests from food and environmental and got all that stuff regulated. And then in the process of testing all of those things, he was explaining to me that I had a basically a leaky gut and it was inflamed. It was on fire. And I- Is
0: that why you smell?
1: Was leading to kind of an unhealthy road when it came to my gut. And if you know anything about the body, the gut and the mind are the two most powerful things that you have to make sure are regulated, and my gut wasn't. So it was affecting different aspects of the mind. So When he, is it
0: going to fix
1: your mind? Well, probably in January when I'm done with this cleanse. Anyway, now he said back in June that he wanted me to do a candida cleanse. And I was like, well, what does that mean? He was like, well, you got you to take out gluten, alcohol, sugar, dairy, grains, and lagoons. And I'm like, so you don't want me to eat or live any kind of lifestyle? And he was like, no, you can do a version of keto or a version of Whole30. And it's only for 90 days. You can do anything for 90 days. I was like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. And so he every time I'd go in there, June, July, August, September, he just kept saying, you need to do this, you need to do this, here's the program, here's the process. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Well, I made a decision before we left for Israel that I was gonna make a stand when we got back from Israel and start October 1st and finally do this 90 day cleanse. And man, the first couple of weeks, I mean, it sucked. Yeah. It was hell because you're ridding out everything that I enjoyed doing, you know, alcohol, sugar, dairy, grains, lagoons. I was like, well, what the heck do I eat? Kale chips and and lettuce? I mean, what's going on here? And then I started getting through the first couple of weeks and the cravings went away. The irritability went away. The anxiety went away. The depression went away. The anger went away and clarity just started to reveal itself. I was feeling pretty good. And so here we are. What? 32 days in.
0: I'd say you're doing pretty good. And
1: 58 days left.
0: (laughs) And let me just tell you, last or a couple weeks ago, we did a podcast episode on migraines. And I just spoke on that one. And I told everyone that I did a candida cleanse. And that was my first real introduction to truly what nourishing my body felt like. That was back in 2005. Since that time, I've done many candida cleanses. I think Trey joined me on one of them.
1: I did that in 2007.
0: You joined me on one of them
1: and- When we first got married. But
0: it was only, you only did it for 30 days. I
1: did it for six weeks.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, six weeks. Well, whatever. I remember
1: that six weeks, believe me. Well- I lost 22 pounds.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, since that time period, I've kind of- shunned away from doing the candida cleanse just because there's many different philosophies on it. There's many different ways that you could do it. And Whole30 is more accessible. It's easier to find recipes and the cookbooks. There's an abundance of cookbooks. So I've done a lot of Whole30. So he's kind of doing this slash between, he's doing Whole30 I don't understand why you said keto, because keto has dairy and you're not supposed to have dairy. I
1: said aversion. He was saying that you can base the fundamentals off of keto because it's very carb reduced, but you're going to need to eliminate these things from keto if you follow that.
0: Well, the whole thing is that you are trying to starve off the yeast in your body. Yeast are a bacteria, parasite. Some people call them a parasite. Some people call them bacteria or a fungus. I would say fungus is probably the most accurate term. And it overgrows in your colon, and then it can go out many other directions and completely overtake your body, robbing you of your blood sugar, causing you to be irritable, causing you to have sugar crashes, throw off your hormones. Blood
1: sugar drops.
0: All kinds of different things. And it affects your mood really, really bad. So with Trey doing this candida cleanse, yeah, he had some die off symptoms in the beginning.
1: It's two weeks. I mean, it's it's literally ten to fourteen days. And during that time, I was like, Man, this is this is hard. But once you get through it, it's like, okay, that wasn't that bad.
0: Now he you and, also and, had and the food supplements you eat is amazing. But you also had supplements to help yes. replenish that bacteria and also help cleanse out to get rid of because you, you're it's gonna have program. you're gonna have fungus die off in your body. You've gotta get it out. Oh, yeah, you, it was you're, coming you don't out. want you don't want to just leave it floating around in your colon. A little dead guy is floating around. So you're going to take supplements to help flesh that out. Dr. Justin Hogan at LV Wellness is the one that is that has put him on a protocol. And I think it's really advanced. Like Seeing the way that you're doing it and the supplements that you have – it's advanced more than when I did it back in 2005.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I couple it with the nutrients and supplement regimens that he put me on when he showed me where I was deficient in my nutrients. I was completely deficient in all my B levels, B vitamins. And so he's he's got me on that. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, that's a whole journey. I mean, when you did that pulse test on me, I took it seriously. I didn't want to. I fought it. I fought most things that you want me to do. But when I actually do them, they're... I always win. <laughs> fair fair point you do but i'm gonna buck until I, I i submit but
0: that's why you get so mad at me for pushing and it's because i don't get
1: mad i get frustrated you get
0: frustrated because i you know i'm right and i know that i'm right on 90 percent of well, let's the things talk about the
1: things that i'm right on that you get frustrated about
0: i literally don't know i can't i'm drawing a <laughs> blank i absolutely have no clue what you're talking about well, <laughs> there,
1: there's a big reason of why that I've chosen to do this and, and kind of submit to the will of what you're wanting and, and just wh- really where I need to be with my health. I'm starting to really see friends of mine, acquaintances of mine, individuals in their 40s that are just like me that have not taken care of themselves and are having heart issues, having mm-hmm. gastro issues, digestion issues, Overweight issues, blood sugar issues. They're on medication. They're dying of heart attacks. They're they're collapsing in their living rooms with no reason and cause. They're they're having with
0: their freaking, kids' little league baseball games. They're
1: having parts of their intestines removed in in their late thirties and forties. And I'm like, holy cow. Then I look at my family and my lineage and what inherently has been in my bloodline and. My grandfather had a pacemaker. My uncle has a pacemaker. My dad has a pacemaker. He's sitting in a retirement home right now with Alzheimer's and all that I'm subjected to. Then, you know, on my mom's side, there's hypertension, diabetes. And it's like, I'm seeing my parents go through this and their generation go through it. And I'm like, I can't be naive to think that this won't happen to me.
0: If you don't change your lifestyle. So to
1: live with someone like yourself that is on that path of of health and fitness and then to not try and mimic that as your partner, I don't want to be the one that doesn't do the things that need to be done. And I'm not there for you. I'm not there for the kids. And I'm not able to see their lives develop into the way that we're trying to raise them. And it's scary. So the why for me is the fear of not doing the things that I knowingly know I am capable of doing out of laziness or contentment in my lifestyle. And if it's supposed to be hard to do it, it's supposed to go through pain to do it. If that's all I have to do is do something hard and put myself through a little pain to ensure that I'm there for my family and my wife and my kids, let's do it.
0: That was very kind of got
1: on a tangent there.
0: Very no, that was very I've never well
1: expressed said. Express that in words.
0: I love it. Well, first off. Thank you. Thank you. I love that you are willing to go to the edge with me at times. You live on that edge, I'll tell you that. I'm thankful that you have the honesty and integrity to push yourself to go to this and go to this level. Because it is a next level and it's hard and it's challenging. And I know it's making you greater. And I love that. I love that about you. And I always have. And that's I've felt like a very lucky woman all through these years because you are very open-minded. And I think that is super (laughs) important. You've always been so open-minded and very, very good at communicating. And I want to say to everyone listening, I think there is a misconception that just because there are the genetics in your family of something, (laughs) y'all, at the end of the day, we all have the genetics for this and for that. It doesn't mean that you're going to get it. Your lifestyle turns it on or turns it off. Correct. We all have cancer genes. We all have cancer cells. We constantly have cancer cells. They're all in our body. We have all kinds of illnesses that are running through. Our generations have been here for how long has mankind been here? Thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So there are things in our bloodline. It doesn't mean that we're going to
1: get it. It doesn't mean we're going to get it, but it does add a level of susceptibility That if you have your lineage and you can see what your family before you has gone through, that's learning from the past and trying not to make the same, not mistakes, but just identifying some of the same choices that were made back then. I moved my hands. The choices that were moved back that that were done back then that had the effects or consequences of those choices, you can kind of see that and determine if you want to make the same choice to risk the same consequence.
0: Right. But it has often been stated that because your ancestors or your relatives above you had those things, that you could easily get to them too. But if you look at their lifestyle, they drank, they smoked, they ate crappy, crappy food.
1: We're saying the same thing. No. Because those I, are their choices that led yes, to that effect. Right. Right. So if so you is it learn their, from that.
0: So then if people in your family are saying, oh, it's your genetics, then, but is it, or was it their lifestyle that created that for them?
1: Or could or it or be is the it lifestyle gen- with their genetics? Because their lifestyle, yeah, I know so many people that smoke and drink until they're 90. They live this I, amazing yeah. life, smoking and drinking and having a great time.
0: I know. There's always so
1: genetically. There's always going to be the exception. To do that, they could. And there's, then there's all, other people that live healthy lifestyles and die in their 40s and 50s. So it's yeah. It's all well, calculated choices. Look at, look choices at for my me.
0: my grandmother, my grandma Mary. She had diabetes, type two diabetes. Does this mean that I am susceptible to type two diabetes because she got type two diabetes, or did she get type two diabetes because she drank Mountain Dew? Most of her life, from the age of probably well, whenever Mountain Dew came out, I mean, just so much Mountain Dew. So good though. So much Mountain Dew. <laughs> so so am do the do, And baby. am I susceptible to type two diabetes, or is everyone susceptible to type two diabetes? if you beat up your pancreas, you know?
1: Well, I think in that example, mm-hmm. you're proving my point in the fact that if your grandmother got type di- 2 by D- diabetes wow. from t- drinking Mountain Dew, the choices she made had that consequence. So therefore, if you make the same choice, you have a opportunity to have that same consequence. Right. Genetic or not, it's choices. Okay. Good talk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll just move on because I don't get it anymore. I'm lost. <laughs> okay.
1: We're saying the same thing. All
0: right. So next thing, let's talk about you and flying and what's happening there. What was your shift? What's your recent deal with it?
1: COVID, June of 2020, I wanted to start flying and I started looking into it. Actually, the Brian Beeman and Heather Beeman that actually bought our house in the spring, he was a United pilot and we became friends and He took me on a discovery flight and he was encouraging me to go do it and I loved it. And I've always enjoyed having aerial views of things. I don't like obstructions of my view in front of me when we go to games or stadiums and I love seeing things from above and I've just always had this fixation on flying. And it's just been so difficult from 2020, 2021, 2022 to find the time and the schedule to make that commitment. I think we're just in a place in our lives right now where fundamentally and foundationally we are starting to get some structure and some good flexibility in our schedules for me to be able to commit to it. And so that to me is a big change. And I I finally made the commitment. I just, you and I sat down and said, okay, financially and time-wise, this is what it's going to take. Are we willing to commit to this like it's a university or a college course or something that we know we're going to stay with? And having you on my side with that, it gave me the confidence to wanna to go start doing it.
0: I feel like there was a bit more emotion to it. Let's dig a little deeper into this. So did you wanna answer
1: the question you asked me?
0: No, but I would like to prompt you on the fact that <laughs> for the past year, you've been working at doing this. However, there's been a lot of fear and there's been a lot of doubt in yourself. And there's also been some commitment issues. And Fear and
1: doubt and commitment issues.
0: Yeah. Is yes. This... Fear that you wouldn't finish because for a lot of things in your life, you would start and you would quit.
1: I mean, that's a fair statement. I don't know how deep it goes in this concept. You, we
0: talked about it last week. We literally talked about it. We did? Yeah. Yeah. I you guess I'm s- over it. You signed up to do flight school Last year, a year ago.
1: I know. I actually looked at that today because I was at flight school this morning and it was October. I know. The four times I did it in October was when I did it and then I stopped.
0: Right. But what I'm saying is there is a reason why you started and you stopped. It wasn't about the money, it wasn't about the time. You had it. What subconsciously was going on that you did not follow through?
1: I have not learned anything in that magnitude since high school. So I did have some fear in finishing it and committing to it. You know, when you're putting yourself in a a plane, there's a lot that goes along with that in order to keep yourself safe, Not less alone being able to bring other people with you. So there was a level of fear and doubt that I haven't learned anything new like this since high school. And to be able to start that process. It was very intimidating because I went through it last year and it was like, man, I'm not retaining anything. I'm not learning anything. And I allowed other things to get in front of that commitment Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of work this year on myself with my health physically, with my health mentally, I took the jump and I said, you know what? I'm not going to let fear and doubt scare me from accomplishing my goals. And coming back from Israel, and just feeling redeemed and feeling just with Christ in my heart and and knowing that through him, I can do all things. It was a very motivating factor to say, let's go do this. I've got my family by my side. I've got God in my life. He's going to protect me and we're going to go through this and let's get it done. And so I committed and I have no regrets so far.
0: Well, I'm very, very excited and I'm proud of you. I can't wait till we're all able to just hop on an airplane and go fly to Destin, Florida for the weekend. That's That's the goal. That's going to be so much fun. It's
1: going to be amazing.
0: Okay, so now I'll talk about
1: me. What's going on with you?
0: So Trey doesn't know how to prompt me into the next conversation because I wrote the things down that we're going to talk about, so I'll just have to go into it myself. Prompt yourself, honey,
1: because I don't know.
0: (laughs) Okay, I might have mentioned this a few times on some of the podcasts that we had in the past month, but when I went to Oregon – I went to Oregon to plan uh, my aunt's funeral. And while I was there, it was really hard because she was a hoarder. And as I walked around the house looking at everything, and keep in mind, everything had already been cleaned up. We had a company come in, and they're amazing, and they completely cleared everything out that was trash and then organized all of the sellable products or items that she had. But you're looking at everything – 10 15 items of the same thing and it was pretty sad. It was really 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 sad. And I don't know, something kind of shifted in me. I was looking through her pictures. My cousin Stacy and I sat for two or three days just looking through boxes and boxes of pictures. We were looking for pictures for her to have a a nice slideshow. And I looked at her whole life, and I looked at her as this cute, sweet, happy little baby, a little child having fun like any other kid. I, I even watched old family movies.
1: On the old reels. On
0: the old reels. And I saw those because I incorporated some of those into her memorial service video. And the kids, they were just like our kids in the 50s. they The kids acted the same. They picked on each other. Even the women in the videos that were shaking their butts at the camera. I mean, it was <laughs> so funny. It was the same as what we're doing now with our iPhones. But I just looked at all of these, This her, her whole entire life, and I saw her go into her adolescence age where you could kind of see a little shift and a little change in her, you know, the awkward little girl, 10, 11, 12 years old. And then I saw her move into an adulthood where she had adventure and she traveled and she was young and vibrant and had so much adventure in her life. And she had love and she had friendship. And then I got to see the end of her life where she was hoarding and she had, I'm pretty sure, an alcohol issue. And all that stemmed from pain. I started reading into hoarding and why they hoard. And every time they purchase something, it's a dopamine hit. It is a instant dopamine hit and so they can't stop. And it is no different than someone using drugs for a dopamine hit, using alcohol for a dopamine hit, pornography, anything. It's, it's all the same. Everybody's hurt. That's it. At the end of the day, everybody's hurt and they want to feel good. And whatever gives them the dopamine that. hit is yep. what they're going to go to. And, that's, and, so, and she went to HSN, HSN and a? QVC. QVC yeah. She had a huge addiction for those and i don't know something something kind of shifted in me and i was like wow is is this life i mean is this it like you just you go through and and then you just die in your own filth cuz she did she died in her own filth she died in her house on the ground with nobody around because she didn't want anybody to come see her she didn't she didn't have a place where any you couldn't even hardly walk in there stuff was to the ceiling and she lived, or she she was in her house alone. She died alone on the floor, in a pile of trash. That was the end of her life. That's horrible. And it made me really really sad because I saw how it started, and then I saw how it ended, and how many of us go through life to end it in such a disastrous way. And I came home thinking, what am I going to do f- to leave my legacy here or to or to have a legacy to impact someone else's? And it, it made me more confident and more purposeful in what I'm doing to help w- with Kaylee and, and help her in her life and live mine to the best of my ability. I also went through and started cleaning stuff out because I see that there's things that I was holding on to. I mean, we were pulling out her high school diploma. What do I want her eyes? I don't want her eyes to high school diploma. Do you think a museum wants it? No, it went right in the trash. So she saved it for what sixty years to well fifty years for it to just go in trash. She hauled it around her life for fifty years for her niece to come in and throw it in a pile of trash. And there was so much that we did that with the hair first, hair baby haircut first tooth. What what the? I don't even want my own kid's tooth. <laughs> so, we were just throwing these things away. And so, I, I've gone home and I started cleaning out things because I don't want my kids to go through my stuff and go, Why did mom keep that? And so, that was kind of a shift for me. It made me really think about the joy in our life and choosing joy every day. And that was big. But what also was big for me was I noticed that her, well, I, I looked and I found a bunch of her journals. Her handwriting was exquisite.
1: Is that where you got it from? What? Your handwriting.
0: Her handwriting makes my handwriting look like scribble scrabble. (laughs) She had absolute perfect handwriting. And this is the thing. My aunt was an incredible nurse. She was a nurse at a state penitentiary. And she absolutely loved her job. She was there for maybe 35 years or so. Her hoarding got really bad when she retired, by the way. So if you're retiring, you still got to have some sort of purpose and reason for getting up each morning greater than yourself. And anyway, she had these journals and it was when she lived in Hawaii and when she traveled around and she talked about her love and adventure. And I noticed that her vocabulary was very extensive. And I thought about the fact that we are pretty dumbed down, <laughs> As, I mean, our generation. I mean, think about it. Our parents' generation—they had to write everything, mm-hmm. they had to keep records, they had to balance their checkbook, they had to old school do the math, they had to the carpentry. They did. They had to get out an actual ruler,
1: encyclopedias.
0: They had encyclopedias. Was our Google. You want to know how to spell it? Look it up in a dictionary. You look up in a dictionary. You got ten words that you also learned how. Trying to find the one that you're looking for. Yep. And she wrote in shorthand. I never even knew shorthand existed. I saw it. And I'm like, man, we are really Seen stupid. Seen in the
1: courthouse. Seen in the courthouse. they're doing the typewriter.
0: I couldn't believe it. And I came home and I was like, man, we are dumb. <laughs> we are so dumb. I got to increase my vocabulary and I need to, I don't want my, I saw my grandmother's pictures. Oh my gosh. My grandmother was such a beautiful woman. She died of Alzheimer's and it was really sad how she went. And she was a smart woman but her brain went to mush. And there's a lot of studies on Alzheimer's now and how sugar, blood sugar affects the brain. Some doctors call it type three diabetes. Some say yep. it's because you let your brain go to mush. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to end up like that. So I asked my amazing, intelligent friend who teaches Latin. She has an incredible vocabulary. And I'm like, okay, hey, Jenny, help, help me now. Tell me where. you need me to learn? Tell me where I can go learn some better words. And she said, look, you don't need a class. Just go read good literature. That's it. That's all you got to do. She said, just, just download some books or pick up a book and read literature. So I did. I downloaded Screwtape Letters from C.S. Lewis. Awesome. Amazing book. Yes. Yeah. So I started reading that, but let me tell you why. I started reading it at night. And what has because I said I came home, said it, and said I was going to read, but life happened and then I didn't. Well, something shifted for me again. And I listened to a seminar for my health coaching training. And there was a doctor who was talking about dreaming. And the doctor said that if you are dreaming, you're more likely to not. Suffer from depression or anxiety. Basically, your dreams are a compilation of all of your memories that you had for the day. Your brain basically digests your memories and your emotions for the day and spits out the ones that it doesn't need and then takes the rest and it makes this dream. And that's why your dreams are so bizarre. And there's, you know, subconscious things that come up and maybe there's messages in it. I don't know. But it's important to dream. Well, Dreaming takes place at the end of the night. It's closer to the morning time when you're supposed to wake up or when it's time to wake up. But there are things that hinder your dreams. If you're not producing enough melatonin, then you won't dream. You won't dream very well. If you're not producing enough melatonin, you're not going to dream very well. So what will my next question was, okay, well, what causes you to not have enough melatonin production? Well, there's a list of things, but one of the big ones is if you're on your phone. If you're watching a movie or a show or reading, the blue light triggers the eyes, it hinders- Stimulates. Or stimulates the eyes and it hinders your ability to produce the proper levels of melatonin for you to get your good restful sleep. So I said, okay, you know what? I need to read anyway. After my bath, I'm just gonna put my phone up and I'm gonna start reading. So that's what I've been doing. It's been almost two weeks. And I have been dreaming every night vividly, and it's been amazing. I actually didn't even realize that I wasn't sleeping well. I didn't know. I actually thought I was sleeping good. I wasn't. I am, last night, I went to sleep and then I woke up this morning. That's it.
1: That's amazing. You went to sleep and woke up. I
0: went to sleep and then I woke up. You don't understand how many times I used to get up in the night and go to the restroom or toss and turn. And I wasn't having anything on my mind. I I didn't think I had insomnia. I wasn't awake. I just would wake up and toss and turn.
1: I have three more episodes of House of Dragon, and I will try that.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, as long as you keep that light down.
1: <laughs> I try and dim it as less I can.
0: <laughs> okay, let's see. I
1: will tell you this, though, about my reading, if I can add something to that. Okay. I've never been a strong reader because I haven't chosen to read a lot of books. <laughs> oh, D- the-, the. Oh, there it is. I think one of the only books I've ever read is Little Indian in the the Cupboard in like seventh grade, from cover to cover. Other than that, it was like Cliff Notes and just summaries and skimming through. But I actually, so so having to get my pilot's license, Uh I'm having to read a lot and going through some of those words. I, I struggled with dyslexia and I still have forms of dyslexia. And when I'm Trying to read the words, I'm not pronunciating them properly, so I'm not retaining them. So I actually downloaded the audiobook and I'm re- I'm having the audiobook read to me while I'm following along in the book, but I'm actually saying it in my own voice while it's saying it to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to articulate the word properly, which helps me learn it. So when I see it again, that memorization and that pronunciation of it, I can pick it up. So it was a revelation for me in terms of relearning because I'm trying to figure out how how the hell I learn. I'm 46 years old and I haven't been to school since I was 18. Yeah. it so, is
0: It is hard to learn how to study again.
1: And when I do read at mm-hmm. night, I will instantly get through two or three pages and just start to get that groggy fight through another three or four pages. Mm-hmm. And it becomes just like working out. You have to condition your eyes. You have to condition your brain. And the more you do it, the the, the longer you can read. And so we're learning how to read all over again, honey. I'm so (laughs) proud of us.
0: You know what? Do you remember how Morgan Luttrell said? So Morgan Luttrell is our District 8 congressman. Actually, he'll be be elected next week, what, Tuesday? Tuesday? Okay. Anyway, he's actually starting a podcast with Beefy Marketings, and they already have one with the team Never Quit. We asked him, hey, how did you get through learning about neuroscience. He has his master's in neuroscience and-
1: Because you went to Willis with us, like what happened?
0: What how'd you, <laughs> how'd you do that? So basically what I loved the tip that he said, he said that he would read whatever it is that he was, let's say he had a page full of notes, or maybe it was a passage in a book. He would read it out loud and record it on his phone to himself. To himself.
1: Oh, snap. And okay. then
0: while he was mowing the lawn or driving or whatever, he would really? play it back and it's his own voice Dude, reading that. it back to him. Totally yes. That. And that is how he finished, I believe, from Harvard.
1: He got his entrepreneurship from Harvard. Yeah.
0: Okay. You'll have to do that. All right. We only have a few minutes left, but a few things I did want to say is we are in full swing fall farmer's markets. So if you have a farmer's market close by, I really encourage you to go out and check out some of the fall vegetables because your diet's going to change based on the seasons. And right now we're coming into the season where we want the warmer, hardier things. So your squashes and things like that start to come in and they are so good, and you can pick them up at the farmer's markets. You'll be surprised at a lot of the neat little items that they have there. Here locally, we have the Tomball Farmer's Market. We have Montgomery Farmer's Market, so lots of opportunities there. If you wanted to grow a garden – you could start with just a bucket. I mean, you could, or grow bags. Actually, grow bags are awesome. Grow bags drain really well. You order them on Amazon. All you have to have is some good compost and some good fertilizer. You can get that from your local gardening store. Ask for something without all the chemicals. And then just go pick up a few plants. I mean, maybe you want to just grow kale or spinach or some broccoli, something like that. You could just get three or four bags. Start small.
1: And be careful if you choose to grow ghost peppers, because apparently we grew those this fall or over the summer, s- The summer, and they are like the hottest peppers- In the world. In the world. And we cut it in half, stuck it on our tongue, and it was-
0: It burned it, it, for it, a it, while.
1: It'll wake you up a little bit.
0: Yeah. Okay, the next thing that I wanted to say, when I went to the podcast convention, they said to- make reels. They were like, make reels, make TikToks. This will help your presence online. and It'll help advertise for your podcast. Well, at the time, my workout partner returned to work and I, I was really sad to have my workout partner go away. But at the same time, I also needed to figure something out anyway for making reels. And I've always loved teaching fitness classes. I taught fitness classes for 15 years, well, since 2005, so whenever that was. And I just don't have the opportunity to do it anymore. And I can teach one yoga class a week and that's it. So I decided, you know what I'll do? I'm going to start putting some workouts on Reels. So now on Instagram, I have made workout videos. I have at least two come out a week.
1: They're amazing actually.
0: And entertaining too. (laughs) Yeah, because joy gets in it, our dog, and then River. River comes in. So I'm putting workout videos out so that you can go on there and easily see an example of what the exercise looks like. And then at the end, I post what the workout is. And then it's also in the actual post.
1: I love the way it's done because it's short, simple, and quick. The example, then the workout's posted and it's got good music in it. And it's entertaining because Joy's in there messing with you and River's in there doing some funny stuff. So Mm -hmm. check them out. They're awesome.
0: You just like it when I'm doing deadlifts.
1: That's how I just plugged you, right? Oh, good job. Good job.
0: <laughs> All right, thanks y'all so much for listening. Have a wonderful week, and check out Instagram at a Kessels, and that's C A S S E L S.
1: There you go. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly.